then independence arrived, a new crop of artists were born. Those who used to carry AK-47s to liberate Zimbabwe, they gave up the AK-47s for chisels and hammers and paint and brushes for them to be able to tell the story of the post-independent Zimbabwe. Welcome to Creativity Pioneers, a podcast by the Moleskine Foundation that aims to spark dialogues and reflections on how creativity is understood and talked about, showing us its use for positive personal and social transformation. I'm your host, Adam Asane, Moleskine Foundation CEO. Please subscribe now to our podcast on the platform of your choice and tune in for new episodes. I look forward to reading your thoughts and comments on our social media channels. Today, I have the great pleasure to speak with Rafael Chikukwa, Executive Director of the National Gallery of Zimbabwe. Rafael is a true creative pioneer. For the past 20 years, he has been working on transforming his country through art. He quotes, Every revolution starts from the revolution of the mind, and art can exactly do that. I was lucky to see him in action in Arare and witness his unique skills as a leader and educator. On this episode, Rafael will share with us his experiences and visions about the role of artistic and cultural institutions in shaping communities and nations. Today, he has chosen for us three keywords to inspire our conversation. Chimurenga, Remix, Ground. Enjoy. Hello, everybody. Uh, I'm very excited now to have uh, here with me Rafael Chikukwa, the brand new executive director of the National Gallery of Zimbabwe. You've been one of the protagonists, not the protagonists of the National Gallery. Now you're the executive director. How does it feel? Well, I, I feel really honored and um, I feel this is uh, taking us into a new chapter. And um, looking at the past 10 years, I've worked as the chief curator of the National Gallery of Zimbabwe. And getting this position will also position me into realizing some of the things that I also dream of. And to be able to expand the network which we have as National Gallery of Zimbabwe and to tap into new grounds. The three words that you choose are Chimurenga, Remix, and Ground, actually Fertile Ground. Why did you choose these three words? Well, um, the first one is Chimurenga. You know, Zimbabwe's uh, liberation was brought about through a Chimurenga, which is a revolution. Hmm. So Chimurenga is not, is not yet over for my own thinking, especially in the creative world. Chimurenga has just started for us to be able to, to, to have a voice in the global art community. And that revolution is driven by this Chimurenga spirit, which is Murenga was one of the key person in the history of this country. And Chimurenga is, has been adapted to be a very Pan-African word, which I think it is very important. Then the second word is the fertile ground. I, I think the creative uh, or the cultural institutions has changed in the past six, seven months because of the COVID-19. So I would like to see uh, this as a fertile ground for creativity. Mm-hmm. So that's why uh, the fertile ground is a very special word, considering 
the events that have taken place and the changes, the cultural landscape that has changed for the past seven months. Then the remix, this is an opportunity for us to be able to remix our ideas in order for us to, to be relevant as creative people and as creative cultural leaders in the continent at large and globally. And Remix was also inspired by Simon Jamis' um, Africa Remix. And the Remix is a continuation of what has been started many years ago. And we have to look at the ways and means for us to remix our ideas in order to, to be more, more creative, especially post-COVID-19. Can you tell us a little bit more about, about the gallery? I mean, the gallery has a, has a long history in the country. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and, and it's one of those African institutions that were there during colonial time. Yep. And they were there during the colonization and independence. And mm -hmm. now you are ahead of this institution and bringing it to, to the future. So obviously it's, a, it's an institution that talks about transformation, but it was central somehow in the makeup of the country. So I'm mm -hmm. kind of wondering, can you tell us a little bit more about, about, the, about the gallery and the meaning that it had in the development of, uh, of the nation? No, thank you very much, Nduna. And I, I think we have to look back into the history of the National Gallery of Zimbabwe. Founded in 1957 by the founding director, Frank McEwen, who really contributed immensely to the development of the art at that period when he came here to foresee the construction of this beautiful building that we have and that we have inherited from the colonial um, uh, legacy. And um, when Frank McEwen arrived here, I mean, he had um, uh, contacts from the European modernists and all that. And then he was able to transform the National Gallery right from the onset to be a global uh, platform for artists from across the world, but also to create an opportunity for the Zimbabwean artists by creating the, the workshop school that was behind the National Gallery of Zimbabwe, which founded the so-called uh, first generation of Zimbabwean artists, which I call Zimbabwean modernist painters and sculptors. And these uh, artists were able to exhibit outside the Zimbabwean borders, especially at MoMA, at Louvre, and many other spaces in the United Kingdom at ICI, in many other spaces. So it's Zimbabwe's uh, artists were able to be visible at that bigger platform way back in the 60s. So that was Frank McEwen's idea. And then he hosted the International Congress on African Culture in 1962. That also saw the likes of Alfred Barr, um, Pen, Pen Roland Rose, Roland, who also came from the United Kingdom, and many cultural practitioners that came from across museums in America, in Europe, in the United Kingdom, and also within Africa, were able to come here. And that also included a steel band that came from the Caribbean. And another um, group that also came from Burkina Faso, you had Kofi, who also came from Ghana. 
So all these people were gathered in Zimbabwe. So that Congress was a special Congress for this country. And we were very, we are very lucky that we have, got a, we have laid our hands into the archive of the International Congress on African Culture that took place in, um, in 1962. We also had artists like Selby Mbusi, who was very, very critical of what was taking place in Africa, where he looked at the, the, the Western thinking of um, wanting to remain our teachers as Africans. So he was one of those people who were very, very critical. And so that's the history from that period. And later on, Frank McEwen left the gallery and went sailing in Europe. But then many other uh, directors came. And after independence, um, Christopher Till became uh, one of the directors of the National Gallery and Cyril Rogers, and later on, Professor Kahari, and later on, uh, Mrs. Doreen Sibanda, who just retired um, early this year. And now I'm taking over from a very powerful group of directors who have also contributed immensely to the development of the art in Zimbabwe and also making sure that the visibility of Zimbabwe at the global stage remains. So I'm looking at a situation where this is a chapter for us to be able to, to make our own history because the cultural landscape has already changed because of the COVID-19. What was normal then is no longer going to be normal now. So we have to open a new chapter because of the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm kind of wondering, um, you know, the, the gallery, now you, you touch upon the importance that the, that the gallery had in the development of, of the arts and the arts field mm -hmm. in the country and even beyond that. Yeah. I guess I want to ask you the, the question the other way around. Hmm. What the gallery did and the arts did for the country? You know, considering that time span in which a lot of things happened, you know, it was about, you know, you, one of your words is Chimurenga and, and oh, yes. revolutionary struggle. And you said that the revolution is not finished. But the revolution is something that, that is about our life. That, you know, it's about nation making, it's about, uh, uh, about culture, it's about uh, uh, building new language, it's about mm -hmm. uh, uh, imagining new possibility and new futures. So, mm -hmm. so I'm kind of wondering, uh, really, so, you know, sometimes we, I mean, as, as in the Moleskine Foundation, we always ask ourselves, you know, okay, mm -hmm how can we explore and really identify what creativity for social change means? And in a way, I believe that the National Gallery of Zimbabwe is a great example of that. But can you tell us a little bit more, you know, what do you say the gallery did for the country and for development of the country uh, and for the revolution somehow? One has to look back in 1962. I want to go back to 1962 where uh, the former president or the founding president of Zimbabwe, Comrade Robert Mugabe, was sitting as a young man in the conference when it was happening in 1962. Mm. So to me, that on its own, it's a resemble of that revolution that um, through Frank McEwen, because he was not very popular with the colonial government because his acceptance of the, uh, we were called the other at that time. 
But sometimes you also question, say, how can you be the other in your own country? But that's what, that was the reality then. But there was uh, Frank McEwen also opening the doors for the so-called others, for the other, who were us, the, the local people, the original people of this country. And allowing people like Robert Mugabe to be able to attend the conference, getting many other people to be part and parcel, black people to be part and parcel of the, the, the conversation of what is happening. John Mapondera became Frank McEwen's friend. And whenever Frank McEwen was hosting events, John Mapondera became one of the pinnacle of Frank McEwen's uh, thinking and advisory committee. So that on its own, it is very, very important. Then independence arrived. A new crop of artists were born. Those who used to carry AK-47s to liberate Zimbabwe, they gave up their AK-47s for chisels and hammers and paint and brushes for them to be able to tell the story of the post-independence Zimbabwe. So the revolution then started in a new way to charter new narratives of post-independence Zimbabwe. Then you've got your uh, post-1990s, where you've got another new crop of artists uh, that were also born, who also carried on with the revolution, the revolution to tell the Zimbabwean story. Hmm. And later on, the other group, crop of artists, that includes what we call today the born freeze. Those were born after 1980. So they continued with the revolution of telling their story. And I would like to say in that group of artists that also included the likes of Tafuma, those were some of the artists that we have been able to showcase to the Venice Biennale with a number of exhibitions that includes seeing ourselves. Mm. Because remember our stories have been told by others for many years, but we want to see ourselves telling our own story. So seeing ourselves, which was the maiden Zimbabwe Pavilion at the Venice Biennale in 2011, was also very important. But to include one young born free artist who was Mishek Masambu to be able to tell the story of these younger people. And later on, it was followed by uh, um, Duziro, which also had a number of young artists, but also putting two senior artists, Rashid Jogi and, and um, Votitebe, to be able to have this generation to tell their own stories and their own revolution. But social change is very, very, very key because it plays an important role in, in developing nations, in developing people. So what I hear is, is basically the role of the National Gallery as a space for criticality to occur, for imagination yeah. to happen. And, and, I, and I think, I, I remember that you, there was a, a talk that you gave uh, some years back and, uh, and you were talking about the role of, uh, of the of national cultural institution on the continent, the African continent, in an era um, of uh, uh, xenophobia, economic crisis, climate change, and now even we had a pandemic. 
and uh, and and the role that uh, these spaces uh, can have in um, in really again, uh, I keep using this word because I can't find anything else. This idea of building new language uh, mm. in a space where and for people that for so many years uh, you know didn't have um, a voice. Or better, they, they did have a voice, but it didn't have a space, uh, an institution that could amplify that voice and could create those conversations. So, so I think this is uh, this is particularly important, and I think it's 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 often uh, uh, you know something that people forget about the importance of uh, of the arts and culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in especially in these um, in these moments, but I would like to also ask you though, um, what about you? You're a young man, you know, in Zimbabwe. Uh, I saw the picture. You had dreadlocks, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like a young activist. Um, what what brought you into into the arts? What made you decide to to start this? this journey? Why arts and culture? Why creativity? Well, I mean, I I always say to so many people that um, being in a creative world is not by mistake. It's not a mistake. And um, I'm a village boy who grew up about 100 kilometers away from Harare. And when I grew up, it was during the colonial era through colonial education. But in that colonial education, art was never taken seriously. So I'm one of those who who really wanted to be an artist. And um, and later on, when I came into Arare, um, after my O-levels, I I wanted to go to Mzilikaze Art Center, which is um, a center which was founded in the 1960s by the Bulawayo City Council to train uh, artists and young creatives from the money they were making out of the beer, which was called Ingwebu. And I, I did pass the interview for me to study art at Mzilikazi, but then my mother didn't want me to go to Matebeleland. And later on, I founded um, speaking to a cousin who was working as a sign writer at um, OK, which is a supermarket, introduced me to Arare Art Center, which was founded by Canon Patterson, who is one of the key uh, person who came as a missionary before Frank McEwen arrived and set up the Canon Patterson um, Art Center in Matebeleland, and later on moved to Arare and set up um, uh, Canon Patterson at the center in Arare, including the Arare Art Center, gave it to one of the Zimbabwean modernist painters, um, Kingsley Sambo. And Kingsley Sambo later gave it to Nomen Chovchovu, who then trained me. But later on, after having been disgruntled with um, the opportunities in Zimbabwe, I migrated into South Africa. There, mm. I worked as a sign writer and later on as a volunteer guide at the Johannesburg Art Gallery. What, what years was that? That was in the late 80s, around 1989. 
years. And then as a volunteer guide, I was able to get an opportunity to, to, to work with so many artists. And later on, I enrolled to do a postgraduate in arts and culture management at Wits University in 1997. Mm. This is important because, you know, something happened in between 1989 and 1997 in yes. South Africa. 1994, <laughs> it's quite, quite a moment, you know, so you can't just gloss over it <laughs> like nothing. <laughs> exactly. So I, I, independence of South Africa came and we all rejoiced as um, black people in South Africa, both black and white people, because apartheid was, was uh, finished. Mm. And um, I'm sure it opened up so many opportunities for me because I... I got interaction with people like Karen Brody, who really, I always think that she is my mentor. She's a Jewish woman um, living in Johannesburg in Raiden. And I used to help her out. And she opened me up to, uh, introduced me to the likes of uh, Lona Ferguson. Mm -hmm. And Lona Ferguson, we became students together at Fitz University. And Lona Ferguson was the founder of the, the Johannesburg Binale. And the Johannesburg mm. Binale, the first one in 1995, was really an important uh, Binale. I saw the Binale. I, I was not even part of it, but I was one of those people who admired. And later on, when myself and Lona studied arts and culture management at Wits, she was mm. able to rock me in, into the second Johannesburg Binale, where I worked with Bongit Lomo, Susan Glenview, and the late Oki and Wenzo. So that was like um, a free university for me because I was able to, to really uh, be in brushing shoulders with a number of international artists, a number of artists that came from all over the continent and curators that came from um, um, overseas. That included the likes of uh, Rohan Ru, uh, Gerardo Maschere, uh, Ivo Mosquito, um, and many others. The list is endless. And to me, it was a great, great opportunity and also be able to meet with the uh, Proivesia team who wanted to open an office in Africa. So they took an opportunity and I also had an opportunity to take them uh, for a, a guided tour of the Binale. That also include the likes of Prince Charles. So being a tour oh, guide wow. was like um, a great opportunity because you had to be able to read uh, art. You were also able to read the statement from the artistic director, the statement from the curators like Colin Richards and many others. So working closely with Susan Glenview, it was a great opportunity also Oki and the other person who was also very important was Godfrey Donko. And the other person, an artist, was also Billy Bijoka. Billy Bijoka was also important because his presentation at the, uh, the second Johannesburg Biennale was very powerful. So I remember very well that I was able to interpret the work of this artist to the audience that were coming 
to the Johannesburg Biennale. That also includes schools. But I think what what impressed me, you know, this is you have a you have a story of 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 migration, of transformation, mm-hmm. of of encountering um, uh, unique people and personalities, um, and and as you just describe it. Um, culture and art and criticality is at the center, not only of your work as, um, as now executive director of National Gallery of Zimbabwe and or as a curator, but you as a person. Since I know that the National Gallery has, you know, the, when you go to the National Gallery in Arare, it's, it's beautiful. There's a garden, there's a cafe, there's a lot of young people moving around, coming in and out. Um, we, we work together on your educational program and, and, and you know, for, for the community. And I'm wondering, though, especially in light of your story, um, what is the vision that you have for, for the young people and the community around the, the National Gallery of Zimbabwe? Well, th- thank you very much, um, Nduna Adama. I, I think um, I would like to quote a statement by uh, a very important person in terms of contemporary art history in Africa, uh, Simon Jami. Uh, it's from a catalog which is called um, The Other Journey. Well, Africa, the other journey, which is an exhibition that took place at the Kunsthalle Krems in Austria. In his statement, Simon Jami, uh, he says, what is art history about? Which is a question mark. The debate on African contemporary art history has only just begun. And failing reliable truths and established references Everyone chips in their personal little speeches and contributions. This is a domain, this domain has gradually turned into a huge strategic observed battlefield where all kinds of mercenaries and adventures rage. It's as though for want of deeper reflections, everyone believed that all you needed to do to pass the truth was to be the first, like the days of the first discoveries. I think um, what we need to think about today is to say, how do we tell the contemporary African art history? And the likes of Simon, the likes of David Ajay, the likes of um, Koyoko, the likes of Christine Ayene, the likes of Elana Tsui, the likes of Julian Sinzagan, the likes of so many African artists from north to south, from west to east, the likes of Jimmy Ogonga, the likes of, uh, the list is endless. I'm sure there's a need for us to continue this revolution because mm. whatever we are going to be able to do now we are paving, uh, we are creating a foundation for the next generation. And institutions like the National Gallery of Zimbabwe and other cultural institutions in the continent, like uh, the museum in Bamako, the National Gallery in Senegal, and many other institutions play a critical role in defining contemporary art history. 
in defining the moments that we've been going through. And it is very important that the archives that remains today in the so-called museums and the objects that are also dotted around the Western world, there's a need for us to dig deeper into this. But for me, as the new uh, executive director of the National Gallery of Zimbabwe, the task is huge and it's a very, very critical time. But I think this gives us a fertile ground for us to be able to be creative as creative people. Well said. And, and I think this is, um, this kind of goes to your last um, word that you choose about this idea of fertile ground, um, especially in this context of uh, uh, complexity, to say the least, with a pandemic going on. Um, and, uh, and, and on that, what do you see are the new opportunities, as you put it, you know, uh, previously, that, that, that especially from an institution like yours, that is, was based on physical presence. <laughs> um, what, is, what are the new opportunities that, that this pandemic has created? How do you think, how do you see the future of your institution and other cultural institution um, in a nearby future? I'm sure the, most of the cultural institutions in Africa, when the pandemic arrived, we were caught off guard. There's a need for us to, to see the new opportunities that the COVID-19 and post-COVID-19 has provided, which is we need to think about how we can reach out to the digital audience. Mm. This is very important and very key that we also need to uh, a new opportunity for our collections to work for us digitally. Those collections that have remained in our storage for so many years, there's need to bring in new researchers, new curators to really dig deeper into these collections and to, to highlight this uh, digitally so that our digital audience can be able to view our collections. And our exhibitions, they need to be online and we can capitalize on the digital rush that is currently um, a new wind of change, a new uh, opportunity that has been provided by COVID-19. Our public programming also need to go the same way in terms of our Harare conversations to be also go digital in order for us to, to reach out to this new audience as much as we want the audience that are going to walk in front of the gallery, but we need the audience that are going to, um, those digital audience, they are there because of the new normal, which is not normal. <laughs> Indeed. Listen, Alfred, this was an extremely interesting conversation. Um, I, I really take with me um, this idea of Chimurenga, um, from every revolution needs to start from a revolution of the mind. Oh, yes. We know that. And, uh, and, and many um, revolutionaries uh, talked about this, uh, starting from Biko, but we can go and, and cite, you know, uh, many, many, many throughout history within the African continent, outside the African continent. Uh, it's a human condition. And, and I really 
And I'm really excited about the prospect to have an institution uh, like the National Gallery of Zimbabwe uh, now in your hands to really build uh, new possibilities, not only for, for Zimbabwe, um, but for, and not only for the, for the continent, uh, but really to start uh, building conversation internationally uh, because in this moment, uh, we always say this, we do need imagination. We need mm-hmm. radical imagination. Mm-hmm. And, 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 uh, and the main ingredients for that, I, I, I strongly believe that the lays in the, in the hands and, and, and in the hands of, um, of people like you, an institution like you. So, so, so I'm very glad that, uh, that you're going to, guide us uh, you know, for, the, for, the, for, the, for the next few years into, into new, new possibilities. This is, this is very exciting. I think it's not about uh, guiding you. It's all about us walking together in this path for us, for us to be able to realize or to continue the revolution. Because as a national gallery, we're a national pride but we are not a national pride without the communities. The communities play an important role in this pride, that in this national pride. And as a national institution, we need to clearly define our role and function. I've always said that there's no exhibition without artists because the artists give birth to the artwork, which is the product and we are the consumers, and we are the people who collect and preserve those artworks for the next generation. But we need to walk the walk, we need to walk the path together for us to be able to realize the dreams and aspirations of this National Gallery of Zimbabwe. The role it has played during Frank McEwen, the role it has played through all the directors that have come through, I'm sure there's a need for continuity. There's a need of reflection. There's a need of actually looking at how Frank McEwen was able to collect the African modernist to add that into the collection, which I think it is very special because today most of our contemporary artists are collected abroad. There's a need for the gallery to look into this critically and to be able to fundraise to make sure that those African artists, contemporary African artists, their work remains also here in the continent because there's a great danger we, we have in front of us of wanting to loan them from those cultural institutions abroad to bring them back to the Zimbabwean audience. And I remember very well in 2005 during the Africa remix in Paris, at the Centre Pambidou. The conversation we had with Simone Jami was to say, Africa Remix, will the African audience be able to see it? And I'm glad to say that question was answered. It managed to travel to the continent. And more, many other exhibitions have traveled to the continent, including the, the, the exhibition that came from Addis Cairo to Zimbabwe to Kampala 
the art at work and many other projects that were realized, including the project that we've been able to work together, including uh, the, 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 the project that we worked together um, about two years ago, and that continues to work uh, with, uh, with, uh, with all of us. So I, I think the gallery needs to, to position itself to be accommodative of collaborations so much that we can realize more and we can capitalize on more audience because when an exhibition travels, it will get another leg with its audience. Those collaborations are important and to be continued. Rafael, Duna, all the best for continuing the revolution. Oh, thank you very much for giving me the opportunity. And like I said, the revolution continues. Chimurenga is not only about yesterday, but it's also about yesterday, today, and the future. Thank you so much. Thank you, Nduna. Thanks for listening to our new podcast, Creativity Pioneers. If you'd like to check out other episodes and know more about our mission, please visit moleskinfoundation.org. Keep on following this podcast and share your comments on Facebook and Instagram at Moleskin Foundation. Until next time, stay creative.